Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things Redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314-391-4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. Who would say that over the last six months, 
they desperately needed the church. That they wouldn't be where they are today without those who blessed them, who loved them, who took care of them. We need each other. We need structure. We need community. We need accountability. We need each other. Now, I want to be clear. At Redemption, um, we actually have a pretty progressive view when it comes to church attendance. Um, we're cool with digital attendance. There are times, there are seasons where it makes sense for you to be online. I don't think that the church, um, you know, ceased to exist uh, when COVID hit. In fact, I think in many ways it actually spread. You know how many more people started watching church than we got COVID hit? It's crazy. Um, we really, what the enemy meant for evil, the Lord turned it for our good. Uh, it was as if we got put into Babylon, um, this, this place of captivity, and we got to be missionaries uh, to people that otherwise wouldn't watch. I had, I had friends uh, from my high school that, like, I guarantee you they don't go to church, and, uh, and they watched us for several weeks every week. It's crazy. And so these things are happening. I, I don't think that redemption went out against digital attendance. You have friends that uh, you're best friends with, and they move across the country. Is this anybody? Raise your hand. That's, that's you. You had good friends that moved across the country. They're not here anymore. That's just me. Anybody else? Okay. Uh, and just me. All right. We got two over here. Anyway, it happens. And, but at the end of the day, um, those relationships are kept up through digital means. But man, a couple of summers ago, I got to uh, get with some of my best friends. We, we, we connected in Boston. We all flew to Boston. Had a weekend there. And I got some hops for those. And uh, it was really bad in Boston. And uh, so we go to uh, Boston, and we hung out for the weekend uh, our families. It was awesome. It was sweet because of proximity and presence. We were there together, right? Uh, and so, so it is with the church. When we get to be together, there's just something sweet about it. There's something different about it. Well, today ends our, uh, our series, SOS, Hope for the Hopeless. If, uh, if you've been following with us, we've, we're, we've had three weeks into this. We're in week four now. And throughout the series, we, we, we really talked about this. We talked about um, the, the, the people who have been on the run. They've been in the wilderness. They've been in the desert. They've been in the caves. They've been on the run for their lives. They've been without food, without water, without shelter. They've been without hope. They've literally abandoned all hope. And they're on the run. And at the last minute, God steps in and he saves them. That's what we, that's what we watch right here. That's what we, we talk about. This week... We're going to be looking at the story of us. We're going to be looking at the story of, of modern day community. Because, uh, let's face it, the three people we looked at experienced stories of, of, of Hagar and Joseph and David. Those were, those were all great stories, but they also happened thousands and thousands of years ago. And they all had very hard lives, uh, probably harder than ours in some ways. But we face, we face very unique challenges. So, so what does God say to us? Today, in 2020, when the world is literally on fire and figuratively, what does he say to our challenges today? So that's what we're going to look at um, today. Well, we, uh, uh, we always do this um, as, as, a, as a church in person. We didn't do it visually. We're going back to it in person. Uh, we, we like to start on the same page. And so if you have a Bible, a physical Bible with you, go ahead and open it up. We're going to go to the table of contents. And if you have a, an app, which you know, we all have apps, Go to your Bible app and, uh, and, and go to the table of contents. The reason we do this is because uh, we don't want to start the same page. Get there together. Um, we want to promote biblical literacy. And sometimes, uh, sometimes the best place to start is actually the table of contents. Uh, before we go to our passage, I, I just want to give us the bottom line for today. And we actually used it in the, uh, in the, uh, the 
made an application script, but it's this. We are better together. Very simply put, we are better together. Or as, uh, as the late, great coach Woody Hayes, uh, Coach B, Ohio State Buckeyes said, you win with people, right? We're better together, but you win with people. And, uh, and today, that's kind of what we're going to be looking at. Okay, so we're going to go to Luke. We're going to go to the, the, the book of Luke. And uh, Luke is in the New Testament. It's, it's one of the Gospels. It's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And uh, so the third book there in the New Testament. And we're going to go specifically to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. All right, so I'm going to start reading here in, in verse 1. Uh, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people eating. So Jesus, he's hanging out with notorious sinners. Uh, he's hanging out with the, the dealers and, uh, you know, the ladies of the night and, and all these people. Uh, and so he's, he's, he's hanging out with these people, notorious sinners. And he's even eating with them. I love that uh, the worst of, of sinners, it says, um, it says here that they often came to listen to Jesus. Like this wasn't a rare occurrence. Right? I mean, they, they were often there. Uh, think of the worst sinners we have ever seen on TV, because the truth is, many of us, we're not around people that are, you know, the, the dregs of our society. Um, so, think of like the worst characters in the shows that you have ever watched. They would be next to Jesus. And why? Because he had eternal life. I, I think they knew deep down inside, like, this man has the life. And I want that life. So these notorious sinners are with him all the time. Uh, verse 3, it says this. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that's lost until he finds it? Now, I, I love this because Jesus is such a good communicator. He, he's, he's standing in a crowd of people and he starts using this metaphor about sheep getting lost, right? And here's the thing. If, if, if I stood here and I said, hey, listen, here's the deal. Uh, this sheep, he got lost. And, 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 and if the sheep is lost, like, won't, won't the shepherd go, go, you know, leave the 99 and go after the sheep? Won't he do that? You would all turn to Todd and go, I don't know, hey, Todd, can you, can you Google that for us? <laughs> like, what a standard operating procedure when a sheep is lost. When a sheep runs away, what's the SOP on that, Todd? Um, because we don't know. It's not, a, it's not a metaphor that hits us. It's a connect with us. We have no clue what they would do. But this crowd knew, and uh, as, as Jesus gives them that metaphor, they're all kind of, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, bobbing their heads. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, uh, someone speaks up. Yeah, Frank, you remember when your, uh, your sheep ran off last week? That's what we did. We left all the good ones and went after the lost ones. So he gets them. Okay, verse 5. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and happy straight away. So what happens here? 
Uh, well, first, the, the, the shepherd, he goes after the one lost sheep, he finds that sheep, and then he does what? He, he puts it around his neck. He actually will you know, take the sheep, he'll, he'll throw it over his shoulders and kind of drape the sheep over his neck, which is very disgusting, because I don't know if you know this, but sheep are covered in poop, okay? They're gross, right? And so the shepherd, he throws, you know, all this, like, matted, you know, hardened poop on his neck, and he's like, okay, Let's trek home. You know, I got a smelly, poopy, stinky sheep on my neck. So then he, he treks home, and what does he do? He takes it on the celebration parade. He, he goes, he goes home to home to all of his friends, and he goes, "Look at this! I found my sheep. He's my lost sheep. I found him." But then what happens to the sheep? He takes the sheep. And he goes home, and what is waiting at home? 99 other sheep. See, this shepherd, he doesn't take the sheep and go and build a house out in the countryside, you know, a little cottage, right? He doesn't go build a little cottage out in the countryside just for he and the one sheep. He doesn't do that. Why? I think this parable, there's many things that we learn from this parable that aren't true. And I think one thing we see here is that when we are saved, because Let's make no mistake about it. This is a parable about salvation. When we are saved, we are saved into a community. We are saved into a family. We are saved into a group of friends who love us and care for us and want what is best for us. And so it is with you. And we have mistaken this. Listen, we've mistaken this idea that taking in Christian content is a replacement for Christian community, and it's not. It just simply isn't. It really is a lie. Um, again, we love the fact that people in our day and age are able to take in content from the internet. It's incredible. By the way, uh, to those of you that are watching on Facebook, welcome. We're so glad that you're here with us. Um, and, and I just want to invite you to come, come next week, come next Sunday, come hang out with us. Um, but, but, but listen, taking in Christian content is not a replacement for Christian community. Now, there are times where, where you, you really got to just take in content and, and not be at church, right? I mean, we're in a time right now where there are many people uh, that can't do that. Um, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, when I was growing up, I would, I would hear a lot of things, uh, you know, and, and really over the last 20 years of my years are kind of you know, perking up to people when it comes to the conversation about church. Uh, they, they say things like this. Um, that like, hey, as long as uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching uh, the service, or as long as I'm reading my Bible, right, um, or uh, God and me, we have an understanding, that was always an interesting one, it's like, to get under the table deal, you know, just hear God has an understanding, it's cool for you to not, you know, do what he said, and go to church, and, uh, or, um, you know, <laughs> um, or this, uh, yeah, the, this idea that it's okay uh, to, to, to not continue in in community to just kind of do your own thing because they would say, well, my faith is, is, is private. Um, and, and listen, you, your faith is always personal, okay? It's personal between you and Jesus, but it's never private. It, it never is. It can't be. Okay? Because uh, this scripture, it calls us to tell others about Jesus. So, um, that's what we need to do. We need to enter into that. And trying to what, what's cut out here. So we are better together. We're better together. Okay, I'm going to move uh, forward to the, the final point here. And 
is this, that as we are saved into a community, as we are that sheep that is carrying, right, with, with all of our food, okay, because we're, we're sinful and gross, all that food, you know, turning into sheep, something, you know, okay, so we're, we're saved, we're carrying back, right? Um, that's great, we're saved into a community, we're, 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 we're brought into a community, but what is the main point of this parable? Uh, I didn't explain what a parable is. A parable is this. A parable is something untrue that communicates something that is true. Something that's untrue that communicates something that is true. And uh, in this parable, what is the untrue story, the story that Jesus made up? What is the truth that's trying to communicate? It's this. That we are that sheep who was out in the wilderness, completely lost. See, the thing about lost sheep is that if it could find its way back home, it would have. But it took a couple wrong turns. And it got out there in the wilderness, and now it's at a place where it doesn't know how to get back home. And I think that many of you here tonight, I think there are people here who feel that way. I took some wrong turns. I, I, I took a left when I should have made a right. I, I've been going forward when I should be making a U-turn. I need to go back home, but you know what? I can't get there. And the shepherd, what does he do? The shepherd takes the sheep. He takes the lost sheep. Knowing that the sheep cannot make it back home, he throws them on his neck and he carries them. The truth is this, that Jesus tonight is inviting you. He's inviting you to be given the chance to be carried by him. To be brought back home to the 99, to be carried by him. You have that opportunity tonight. We often, we get these SOS moments. And many times what happens is that Jesus, he throws out the life preserver, and the life preserver is a community of people who want to tell you about the gospel, the truth of Jesus. And First uh, Thessalonians 5.14, it says this, Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. As believers, uh, we need to be a part of a community, but the biggest point of this, not, not only are we better together, the biggest point of this is that Jesus wants to save us into a community. And so uh, this morning, uh, I'm just going to ask you to, to bow your heads. If you're in a place where you're like, hey, I, I want to follow Jesus. Uh, I, I'm a sheep that took a left when I shouldn't take a right. I, I'm a sheep that went straight when I should be making a U-turn. And, and God, I need you. I'm, I'm lost. I'm in the wilderness. I can't find my way back home. I need you to, to carry me back home. That's you. I want you to pray these words after me. Jesus, I'm lost in the wilderness. I'm sending the SOS. I need you to save me. I know I've sinned against you. I know I'm lost without you. I'm asking you to carry me home. Will you save me? I believe that you can. I want to live for you and with you. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for saving me. Amen. Uh, if you pray that prayer, Something magic about the words. But there's a magic in this trusting that while you're in the wilderness, there's a Savior who can bring you back. 
There's a Savior, there's a Shepherd who can put you on His shoulders and carry you down. And so, uh, this is what I invite you to do. I invite you uh, to, on your Connect card, uh, to write on there that, that, that you took a step, that you decided to follow Jesus. Talk to myself, talk to Casey, talk to Graham, talk to someone here who would love to celebrate with you. I love the, uh, the last verse in that section. Verse 7. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have a straight So as those who may be righteous, those 99 others, we want to celebrate with the one lost sinner who comes to Christ. And so if that's you, go ahead and put it on your card. Let us know. Talk to me. Because we want to celebrate with you. We're going to go into a time of communion. As you uh, walked in, you got a kit. We're going like, uh, you know, super Baptist style. We're not Baptist, but, uh, but that's, a, that's a very Baptist thing. Um, and so if, if you if you uh, don't have a kit, you can step out and grab one. Uh, but, uh, but those kits on the top, it's kind of like the, the yogurt thing. You know, the top it, you have away from the top. Sorry. I don't know how else to describe that. Well, Scripture says this. It says, On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the same night he took the wine, poured it out for his disciples. He said, This is the blood of my new covenant. Paul says, As often as you eat this bread and drink this wine, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. So if you, if you are a Christ follower, we invite you, as you are ready, as many of you already are, we invite you to take communion together, to be nourished by the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for your sacrifice for us. Father, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. Lord, we thank you that you have placed us on your back at the cross. God, if you walk us home to an eternity in heaven. Lord, we were lost in the wilderness. We took a left and we should have made a right. We, we went straight and we should have made a U-turn. God, our hearts, our hearts are so prone to, to follow everything else except for you. So God, I thank you that in spite of our sin, in spite of, of our desire to 